Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guys, I want to read a text message that was sent in to us. It says, want you guys to know something. I've had a bad week. F, I've had a bad month. Real oh, bad. God. And listening to the show makes me smile and laugh. Something I don't do enough of. Thank you, boys. Love y'all. Really cool. Wow, that's awesome. And that's what it's all about. Uh, if you're struggling out there, if you're going through something in life, man, we're hoping that we're putting a, a smile on your face and keeping you entertained. Uh, now, Dave Hellman is going to join us coming up at 1220. Michael Young is going to join us. Is that at 1240? Oh, 120. 120 for 120. Michael Young. 120. Michael Young is going to join us at 120. That is awesome. He uh, is getting his number retired by the Rangers on Saturday night. So we've got a lot of good stuff coming your way, but we do want to dive into the pass interference rule. And with more on that, here's Kevin KT Turner. It's my prediction that this will make the game harder to watch. They've got stats through three weeks of preseason. There have been, in 49 preseason games, there have been 48 pass interference-related replay reviews. So oh, basically, God, one a game. One per game. Um, coaches have initiated 45 of those 48. The other three came from the booth in the final two minutes. Only six of the pass interference reviews resulted in a reversal. So that kind of tells you right huh. now, at least through on a small sample size, if six out of 48, so that's about 12.5%, about 12.5% of these have been reversed. So that tells you maybe they're not going to be – it's going to be a little harder to get these overturned. All right, let me let me, let me me really theorize something here. Just walk out on this treacherous ledge with me. This is unscientific as hell. I'm, it's speculation, and, of course, it is. You're going to have way fewer pass interference calls contested or non-pass interference calls contested in a preseason game for two main reasons. Number one, there's not as many good players out there, so the level of competition and the way that these balls are contested is not as high. And number two, the coaches have less invested emotionally in what's happening out there, and so they're less likely to make some of these calls. There are times where a team won't even go for a tie because it doesn't matter. Right. So just taking this and going, yeah, there's been about one a game, I'm going to say when you get to the real season, that's going to increase to one and a half to two a game. Yeah, there is a part of you going, man, I don't want to challenge this. I'd like to just get the game moving, like in a preseason game too. Right. Let's just keep the thing, thing going. But I do think you should, you know, take advantage of this time and try to learn from it. Sure. So I might be trying to challenge some things that I might normally not challenge. It surprises me that it's that low. So 6%, did you say? Uh, 12%. 12, 12%. So 12%. Because if, it's, if there's enough there for somebody to challenge it, You'd think it'd be 50-50 or maybe even more than that. If, if somebody's convinced, hey, I need to challenge this, you would think it might even be as high as like 65%. Right. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they're trying to set the precedent and say, hey, we're not going to go changing this all the time. Don't expect this to change. It's going to have to be overwhelming for us to overturn. So Lindsey Jones uh, is one of the head athletic uh, NFL writers, and she did an article called Five Things We Know for Certain and Three Questions We Still Have. And this is after talking to coaches, players, executives, all types of things. Number one, booth reviews will be rare. 
So there were three booth reviews of the 48 so okay. far. So three booth reviews. And basically what uh, Chief's kind of saying is it looks like if they're not going to do that, think about the last two minutes of the game, which was the whole purpose of this rule, right? Right. Was fix a bad call in that in that Saints game. Yep. Right? But so far, not seeing much of that, not seeing any of that in the last two minutes. Now, again, who knows what happens once you get to the regular season. It could change. But yeah. so far, not much from the booth. It would bog down the game if this becomes massively problematic. It would be good for the game. If there's an outcome that is determined by some crap call that they can reverse. Uh, it would work perfectly if it is yeah. executed that way. Number two, it says it will affect the outcome of games. Twice so far in the preseason, we saw reversals of non-calls for defensive pass interference lead directly to touchdowns. That's where I'm going to get annoyed. You're going to see a play happen. You're going to go, boom, we just got to stop. Nice. We're about, they're about to punt to us. And then someone calls a, a – and, and a Doug Peterson throws a challenge flag, and you go – Oh, no, now the refs are going to look at it, and it's a first down. I think Man, I, just let the guys play a little bit. So you just mentioned it while you were mentioning it. Kavanaugh actually texted in. I do think that they're trying to establish, with only six of these being overturned, they're trying to establish that it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be egregious. Like, you're gonna ha- it's not going to be debatable. Because the ones that I've seen in the Cowboys preseason games have led me to – there were some that I thought, oh, yeah, they're going to call that pass interference, and they didn't. Yeah. So I really think that it's because of what you're talking about and because of how, I mean, it's, it's far and away the most damaging penalty in sports. And because it is and because it does lead to scores, I think it's going to have to be, like, obvious that it's pass interference. Quote from Freddie Kitchens, the new Browns head coach, I think all anyone was trying to do is eliminate the obvious or correct the obvious. But it's amazing that one play can change the landscape of everything, it's and the, it has. It, it's the most punitive penalty in sports. I, I still think they have to change it. I don't think it's put the ball on the one-yard line and that stuff. I think it should be like a holding penalty. It should be a 10-yard penalty, and you get first down. If you want to change the rules based on time left, but giving some team a 40-yard swing of the field because of a penalty yeah lord have mercy that's ridiculous the next thing was there will be fewer challenges from coaches in the regular season potentially dramatically so the reason being when they were allowed to challenge pass interference that did not come with an addition of challenges just in general so many coaches told the athletic they'd be much more conservative with their challenge flags in the regular season to save them for critical moments in the fourth quarter or to make sure that they save their timeouts. Which, that aspect, I guess I haven't thought too much about it because I've just kind of been butthurt about this new rule and thinking that it's just going to slow things down. And it's already a three-and-a-half-hour game, and I don't want to slow that game down anymore. But that is interesting that something that might be challenged in the first or second quarter might now just be like, oh, Right. So I how many challenges wait. do you get? I believe it's three. Well, I guess it's two, and then you if you get it right, you get it. You get to one. keep, right. You get to keep it, yeah. It's, there's, no, there's no change to the, uh, to the challenge rule. It's they've expanded the challenge rule to include pass interference. Yeah. So you oh. have the, you have oh, the same. it's the same thing. Yeah, you have oh, the same number okay, of challenges. Okay, okay. They've just expanded what you can challenge. And it's the same thing where, Ben, you can't do it in the final. Was it two minutes, KT of each half? Final two minutes. Because yeah. it's booth review two anyways. Two right. Yeah, but, exactly. dude, they've got to come up. It wasn't the New Orleans Rams thing in the final two minutes? I don't remember. I, I mean, think I it think was it was outside it. I thought, oh, oh, but Ben, hold on. The closing minutes, but that should have been a booth review, right? But it doesn't matter because it wasn't a reviewable offense. Oh, right, You right, can't right, right. review something okay. that wasn't called. So now that you can, how would they do that? 
who's the uh, the league office then tells the head official, hey, 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 we're going to take a look at that. Right. And I think what they're going to do is uh, there are times where if I, I and I'm doing this off memory, but there are times where in the final two minutes of the game they hold up as the league is looking as to whether or not because the ref doesn't have to set the ball down and wind the clock. He can do that pretty much at his discretion, right? So if they if they go down to this headset and say don't start play yet then that means they're looking at it uh fourth is camera angles will be a big deal um basically says replay officials get their views of the play from the television broadcast and different how many angles you have is going to vary the cbs or fox a team is going to have more camera angles than the sixth or seventh broadcast that day wow okay so this is that. uh broncos head coach vic fangio said there might be a questionable pass interference one way or another right in front of our bench, and I may have a great view of it. And if I don't agree with the call, but there's not a camera that confirms my view, then I'm S out of luck. <laughs> oh, it's, dude, I just think this is going to be, I think this is going to be real bad. It says Monday night football broadcast uh, this year will have added uh, new camera angles. And so that's going to be something that I guess, I mean, just because it's Monday night football, there's more money to spend on that type of stuff. If but that's not, what it affects us. The TV angles affect this. But if they're not, if they're if they're just looking for the massive plays that change the outcome of the game, and where it's indisputable evidence, it won't be that big of a deal. If they're if they're going to be ticky tack and it's like like you call holding on every play, and they're oh holding's reviewable, then that that would be a problem. You know that's, that's I don't think this is going to be the end of the world. You brought up a good point though. If we're making this reviewable. See, you know what they should have done to solve this? They should have changed how punitive the penalty is. No, I agree with because you. Because to Ben's point, they if didn't you're, want to do that. I know, I know. But what I'm saying is, is if you're challenging pass interference, there's holding penalties that end a game, dude. I know. That just, oh, my God, we got this holding penalty, and now we're backed up, and we were about to score, and now we have to kick along. I mean, those things change the dynamic of a game, and sometimes they're not holds. The last question that they had is, what about a Hail Mary? So basically, it's it's been known that it's an unwritten rule that's kind of a free-for-all. Guys are able to push. Was well, the booth someone pushes? Are you now going to start looking at that? I mean, Hail Marys are going to be a thing now. You got you have to look at it if you're in the booth, right? God. A guy pushes someone, you got to call it, right? I would think, to your point, KT, I would think that they, they're – okay. This so is a, a one-year deal for a no, reason you're right, because you're right. half, the, half the people disagree with it. Okay, so a Hail Mary can never be challenged by the team. Because it's in the final two minutes, mm-hmm. and it's going to come down to what's in the booth. And if they're watching it, and there's offensive players, because offensive players commit the same penalties the defensive players do on a Hail Mary, mm-hmm. it really is just a scrum. They're, if they see both sides doing it, they're going to let it go. This is, the, I, I, this will fail. I, I highly predict this will fail. I, I, with my full endorsement that this will fail. And they're going to go back to how it was last year after one year of this. I'm going to go ahead and predict that it's a tremendous success. The only people who will like it is are the people who it helps their team. <laughs> so I'll like, say, I'll the people say, who won't like yeah, it if it, helps, less, if, it, if it helps get a call right, I mean, good God, if it fixed the outcome of the NFC Championship game, it would be worth it in itself. Just wait till it costs the Cowboys a game. I think it's going to be, listen, we've already lived through the Des Codd thing. I think it's going to be so combustible. I think this is the last year of the NFL. <laughs> I think that could happen either way. Yeah. That's all we have here. Guys. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank well, you we're up much. against right, it. Coming yeah. up next, live from Pluckers in Dallas. Hey, do you guys want to give away a chance for our listener to take a friend to Dallas Cowboys practice, a private <laughs> practice? Mm-hmm. I want to do it at 1222. 
Okay, well, we're not going to exactly say 1222 is what it's going to be. Let's go do it now. No, let's don't do it now. I I lost my vigor uh, to do it now. (laughs) When he gave out the specific time, I... Uh, I Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Quit. Great crowd here at Pluckers Lovers in Greenville. Make some noise out here, Pluckers. How we doing, baby? Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah, people are getting their wing on. I was so excited when I looked up Ben and I saw the great Rick Turner of Olney, Texas. God, that's incredible. And, and you know, this is such a uh, big remote broadcast for us. KT, your dad shows up? Yeah, I had no idea. Did you know he was in town? He came to see me. He told me he was yeah, coming, but yeah, he didn't. Uh, your sister Gretchen is here. The great Gretchen Reif is here. She is such a rock star. Uh, our, uh, so many folks from our sales team are here. We appreciate it. The U.S. Postal Service, yeah. chilling here. Those guys, they wanted to shout out. Some, we got the, some mailmen in the house, and yeah. they're, right. they're not even strippers. They're real mailmen. And really disappointing that no one from your family came today, Ben. But <laughs> it's the Ben and Skid Show, 5-3 the band. But a really great member of all of our family is joining us now on the Buyersafety.com hotline. Oh, the phone is ringing. 105.3, the phone. I know we love him. He's so Cajun. He's so cowboy. He's so bearded. He's so sexy. It's our buddy. David Hellman of DallasCowboys.com. How are we doing today, Hellman? I'm doing great, man. Actually, part of the uh, Pluckers family, too. I worked there in college, believe it or not. What? Whoa! How are we just finding this out? Breaking news. I'm like an onion. I got a lot of layers. <laughs> you are so blooming. Let's uh, let's talk about the game tonight, Hellman. Uh, I hadn't really thought about this until I heard Kavanaugh talk about the other day, and that's uh, the, out of nowhere, I guess it's because Rico got waived. There's suddenly a new tight end in the mix, Lucas, and he's kind of popped off the screen. Does he have a chance to make this team? And if so, is it does it come down to what he does tonight? Um, I don't want to write anybody off before you have a chance to make a statement because we've definitely seen guys play their way onto and off of the roster during the fourth preseason game. Feels like it happens every year, so. It's certainly possible uh, if, if he has a great night. The thing for me is, you know, we know Blake Jarwin or Dal- and Dalton Schultz have been dinged up, but I think they'll be ready for the regular season. So it's just a matter of whether the Cowboys feel like carrying four tight ends. I get the feeling that they don't. Uh, but if Marcus Lucas goes out here and absolutely balls out, I don't think he can rule anything out. Okay, so uh, in terms of guys who could be on the cutting edge here uh, literally in, in the the final preseason game of the season it, there's actually a lot of intrigue in this game and one of those guys is taco charlton i, I, I was listening to sean and rj to start the show uh, start my morning and they were talking about the idea that you know they're hearing whispers that maybe the cowboys would would trade him for a fifth round pick or that he might be outright released and i don't want to put words in their mouth i'm paraphrasing a little bit but i kind of got that sense what are you thinking the cowboys stance is on taco well, I, I don't think you can deny the good work he's done through three games. You know, he's been productive. He was really productive the other night against Houston. But look around this uh, look around this defensive line, and it's hard to argue against the talent. It's also, uh, you know, you talk about that all the time with first-round picks who don't live up to their expectations. You think about, you know, maybe Taco would need or would want a change of scenery. It's definitely it's easy to imagine that his future isn't here. 
if I had to guess right now, I I think he played his way onto the roster with the great game that he had against Houston the other night. Or, you know, hey, if you could parlay him into a fifth-round pick, that's great. That feels ambitious to me just because I think people underestimate just how hard it is to get value for a player. Um, shoot, if you could get a sixth-round pick for him, I would consider it just because of how deep this defensive line is. But um, I think I think Saturday is going to be interesting for him. I think, you know, he could come down to the very end of what they decide to do with that defensive line rotation. You know, Hellman, there's been some debate on the show today. For example, uh, John Mashota, crap. Uh, his article over at The Athletic suggests that the Cowboys view defensive line and offensive line as a strength, but KT has reasons to believe that the Cowboys might be concerned about their depth along the offensive line. How do you view that? Do you view, view that as that's an area that they would be interested in improving via trade, or do you think they feel pretty good about their offensive line depth? Well, you know, what's actually interesting is Stephen Jones said yesterday after the team's kickoff luncheon that teams have been calling him about their offensive and defensive line suggesting that maybe they would trade somebody away. So maybe their depth is good enough that you could part ways with a Taco Charlton or, you know, and I'm just throwing names out there. I'm not, you know, I don't want to speculate too much, but somebody like a Xavier Suofilo who, you know, he's got five years of starting experience in the NFL. Obviously that could be useful to another team. Maybe you could trade a guy like that for another player at a weak position or draft pick. Uh, to KT's point though, I mean, Sometimes I wonder, you know, if you've got as much depth as you say you do, why do you want to get rid of it? Especially you think about, you know, Tyron Smith's got back problems, Zach Martin's got back problems, Travis Frederick is coming off from a year-long absence. Like, maybe it would be better to hold on to that depth. So I'll be interested to see what they do. We're talking to David Hellman from DallasCowboys.com, and this interview is brought to you by Ford. He revealed to us at the beginning of this interview that uh, in college he was a waiter at, at Pluckers. Give us a scouting report on, on you as a waiter. Actually, sir, you you uh, assumed right there. I was never a waiter at Pluckers. I was the fry cook. I cooked the wings. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. We're, the, we're getting places yeah, now. Give us the scouting Rolling report on you as a fry there. cook. Oh, man. I just – it was one of the most fun summers ever just because you're making chicken wings for drunk people at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um <laughs> The spicy, uh, the, the garlic parmesan was a favorite. I was a big fan of the spicy barbecue. Uh, I smelled like fry oil for like two years after I quit that job. So, fond, fond memories. Did the manager ever walk back in the kitchen and go, damn it, Hellman, what are you doing back there? Oh, yeah, all the time. Like, I, I was good at cooking wings because any idiot can cook wings. But, man, like, they tried to move me to the appetizer station where you making onion rings and mozzarella sticks at the same time, and you also have to check on the nachos. Like, I was terrible at it. I think I spent a week on the appetizer station before they moved me back to wings. They're like, you're not smart enough to juggle all this stuff. <laughs> Wait, hold on. No position they'd, flex. They'd only let you fry wings? They wouldn't let you fry anything else? Oh, no, I was the wing guy. Yeah, I had no position flex. They were like, just make the wings. Don't worry about anything else. We'll let the smarter cooks do that. Hey, is, uh, we're not going to see anything tonight in regards to offensive wrinkles, but as they do get closer to the regular season, do you think that the offense, stylistically speaking, some of the plays they run, some of the pre-snap stuff, do you think it's going to jump off the screen as looking drastically different to Cowboy fans, or do you think it's going to look much to what they're accustomed to seeing? You're talking about week one or, to, or yeah, tonight? No, week one. Oh, yeah. We're no, not going to see I, anything tonight. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think tonight we're probably going to just be running, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust for as much as possible. But, yeah, I think, I think it'll be noticeably different, you know, to the informed fan. I mean, no, they're not suddenly just going to be out here wiling out looking like, you know, Mike Leach's air raid offense or something crazy like that. But I do think, you know, I think we're going to see more pre-snap motion. I think you're going to see more receiver-friendly sets. I think when they do run multiple tight end sets, I think they're going to do more intriguing things than just plow straight ahead. Um, so, yeah, it, no, it's, it's not going to look crazy. But I think, you know, if you've been watching this team for the last two or three years, I think you will notice plenty of differences. You know, more fullback use, more wide receivers splitting out wide, doing different things, lining up at different parts of the formation. You can see it in practice. I can only imagine it will translate the game. All right, who do you think is the best player on the current Cowboys roster that is going to be a casualty of the final cut? Oh, good question. Um, well, okay, there's an easy one because I wonder if Alfred Morris makes this team at least to begin with. But the thing there is he's a vested veteran, so they can release him on Saturday and bring him back on Sunday without worrying about waivers. If, uh, you know, depending on the Zeke drama, I could see them doing that, I guess, for a more genuine answer. Uh, I wonder about the cornerbacks. Um, you know, Mike Jackson's a fifth-round pick. Chris Richard loved him coming out of the draft. He's a super talented guy. Has he done enough to make the team? But, you know, is he, you know, he might be too good to slip through the waiver wire. So that's a talented, uh, promising cornerback that might be available on Saturday. I think I would add defensive end Jalen Jelks. I think that would be my pick. Oh, that that's another really good one. I'm curious to see what happens with that. I don't think he's going to play tonight because he's got a – I think he sprained his foot. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, maybe you know, maybe if he sits on the sideline tonight, nobody will notice when he gets cut and they can flip him onto their practice squad. But definitely another talented guy that might be. In, in the back of my head, I've been wondering how serious that injury is because it's – He's the perfect guy, developmental guy. You wanted him to probably redshirt this year anyways uh-huh. to get a little bigger. He's the perfect guy to have a ghost injury. I'm not saying that would happen because we all know that's not uh, that's not dignified. But he's the perfect guy to have a ghost injury and go, oh, like, slip through it's, to the practice It's interesting. Spot. Like, we, we all know, you know, like the, the pro bowlers are obviously and nobody will bat an eye. But there's going to be some surprising guys who don't play who are like, whoa, I didn't realize we were on that level. And some of it is because they've done enough to prove that they deserve a roster spot, and some of it is because the coaches don't want them out there having good tape and getting stolen. So yeah. keep your eye out for young players wearing baseball hats. It's always a little bit of a, you know, a fun side game to play during this final preseason game. Hey, man, uh, as always, we love visiting with you. You're one of our absolute favorite Cowboys riders. We love what y'all are doing at DallasCowboys.com. The process show is incredible. You guys continue to set the bar uh, in team content, just the best going, and nobody's even close. So anything else we can promote for you guys? Oh, we're, I mean, it's it's ramp-up season now, so it's the final week of the preseason for us, too, so. All of our shows are, are – all our podcasts are back daily. Uh, my TV show that I do with, with Lindsey Draper and Taylor Stern starts on Tuesday, I believe, cover four. Uh, so as much content as we've already been making this month, we're going to be making even more starting on Tuesday. Can't wait. Well, we appreciate it, dude. You're a guy who enjoys Balcones. You worked at a Pluckers. You are near and dear to our heart. The great David Hellman from DallasCowboys.com. Thank you, brother. 
Appreciate y'all. Talk to you later. Here it goes. The great day of helmet. Have an right. A one day. But we want to get into the big story of the day, and that is what's going on with Ezekiel Elliott and his contract. Things have definitely ramped up and gotten more interesting as Marshall Falk has ins inserted himself into the situation. Now, Marshall Falk, what what can you tell us about his current media situation? None. Well, he got suspended from the NFL Network for. Well, something dong related. It was, up, it was a Me Too thing. Okay, so he allegedly, it was an alleged thing, and it yeah. was a makeup, and it was him and Heath Evans and a couple others. Now, the report did specifically say that he exposed his genitals. That was a dong. Ooh. Being asked to do that. Oh that was God. Collinsworth reacting God. to it. Collinsworth was doing play-by-play -play on it. He was there trying to get the <laughs> NFL Network in on pro football focus, and he turned around and... Falk was standing okay. there, and that was his response. Now, was when he was dog. a player, Ooh. he was a really good player. Uh, Rocky Arsenault was his agent. Yep. Now, most people, I, well, I've been hearing this from people that work in uh, the sports agent industry, that uh, Marshall Falk is now an official member of Rocky Arsenault's agency, that he sat down and taken the test to, to be an agent, and that a lot of people feel like that's where his career is going. Now, he's still obviously the media guy. He's still going to do interviews, right? And he's still trying to be the hot sports opinion guy because he has been throwing them out like crazy with regard to Dak Prescott and then with regard to Jalen Smith's contract. And that's problematic because all that's happening. Uh, meanwhile, he is uh, going to join Zeke in Cabo to work out with him. And so, you know, if you're working out with Zeke, and then you're firing off these opinions about Dak, about Jalen's contract, and they're disparaging comments towards Zeke's teammates. You appear to be a mouthpiece for Rocky Arsenault. You appear to be part of Team Zeke. Therefore, that's happening on Zeke's tab. It's, it, yeah, you, you phrased it that way earlier, and that's perfect, Ben. And we can sit here and we can argue, well, he's a grown man. He can speak for himself and this, that. Those players don't look at it like that. I'm talking about the players in the locker room right now. And not because they've told me this, it's we've been doing this long enough to know in all of these sports, you do not start farting around with your teammates' money. You never, ever bring that up. And so one of these guys is in current contract negotiations. And the guy who's having more direct contact with their teammate than his real teammates is calling him a bum and saying the second that you pay him money, he's going to be a bum. That is directly tied to Zeke, whether Zeke likes it or not. Because as you said, Ben, he's on Zeke's tab right now. Zeke is going to have to go out of his way to disassociate with that because that will poison a locker room very fast. Let's listen to the first time that uh, Falk was calling Dak a bum or said he'll be a bum without Zeke. This is cut number one, Shippy. This is from the Rich Eisen Show. Knowing the quarterback situation in terms of being paid, as you pointed out, is he is he one of the bum quarterbacks that you're talking about? He will be once they give him that kind of money, <laughs> based on based on his work, he'll be a bum. All right. Wait. So, so once you give a guy that much money, he's a bum. No, no, no. But what he's saying, he's basically saying, if you give Dak the money he wants, he's overpaid. He is on Rich Eisen's show negotiating against Dak Prescott while associating with Dak's teammate Zeke. That's, there's no other way to spin that. I want someone else to try to spin that and tell me what else that could mean. He's saying don't pay him the money. He's going to be a bum when you do. Oh, by the way, pay Zeke outside of his position group. Dude. Then he goes to Cabo and has private workouts with Zeke. 
Then he comes back, and uh, his media tour continues, right? Wait, and, and, and Ben, let me say this because you're pointing this out. In the same interview where he just called Dak a bum, he then says he's about on his way to go work out with Zeke. How does that not tie them together? So here's cut number 10. Well, Jalen Smith gets paid, and, well, he's taking issue with that. Well, if, if you think about this, um, and I don't, I'm not counting another man's money, but if you think what? about what what Jalen Smith did and what he got compared to what Zeke has done and what he is asking for, it's not even close. They drafted a linebacker in the first round last year. If they thought so much of Jalen, I mean, you dropped another linebacker in the first round? So I like when sometimes you'll occasionally run across just a bitter person who goes, oh, I'm not listening to the show anymore. Or he just said, I'm not counting another man's money. That is the number one thing he's doing there is counting a man's money. And he wouldn't have said that he wasn't if he wasn't doing it. Which is one of the number one cardinal sins of a locker room. They what, don't what do is, that. He doesn't care, though. He's, he's not in the locker room. He doesn't care. No, he doesn't care because he doesn't have to walk into that locker room yeah. and look Jalen and Dak in the eye, but Zeke does. And, and, again, the affiliation is very important to track here. Marshall Falk is either working for the agency, is a partner in the agency, aspires to go be full-time an agent in the agency, and that's his former agent. That's so, his best friend. And his best friend. So Rocky Arsenault, Zeke's agent, uh, I, I, you know, this is he's very much in the Zeke camp, and no one else from the Zeke camp is talking. So now Marshall Falk is speaking for Zeke's camp. Whether Zeke likes it or not, that's the perception. Not only the perception with the media, but it's going to be the perception in the locker room. What's Jalen Smith supposed to say? Wait a second. Zeke's not here, and the guy who's working out with him and talking about him is, is saying that uh, I was overpaid. Well, I don't understand. He's talking about my money? What's, what's Dak supposed to say? What? The guy who's the mouthpiece for Team Zeke is saying that I'm a bum? And that I'm going to be a bum if they pay me? And those guys know the affiliation. As Fish pointed out this morning, the Marshall Falk Zeke thing goes back to when Zeke was in high school and Falk was a Ram. They got Those guys yeah. know that. You're saying that you think they don't know that? Okay, so They associate those guys together before he opens his mouth. So the other guy who is tied to this a little bit is Eric Dickerson. Okay, because his agent is Rocky Arsenault. Now, Eric Dickerson is not out in Cabo working out Zeke or anything. But he's had a lot of hot Zeke opinions. Uh, he's had a lot of hot Zeke opinions, but he does not have the negative Dak stuff. Uh, Dickerson a month ago, I went and looked it up. Dickerson a month ago uh, compared Dak to Warren Moon. Thinks he's going to be great. What a great comparison. See, Dickerson's not doing this thing. Right. You know why? Because he's not as close to Rocky Arsenault as Marshall is. Doesn't have a vested interest. It's literally a vested interest. Literally. In it. That's what Jerry Jones was talking about yesterday. When he's talking about who gets a piece of this pie as well, the agents do. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to get a handle on all this. I'm trying to reach out and talk to as many different people as I can, and, and I have touched base with some agents. And uh, to that, you know, some of the people, and they feel the same way that I visited with, have been like, well, this kind of screams of uh, Arsenal maybe being uh, worried that Zeke's going to fire him and desperate here, and this is a Hail Mary. Let me get Marshall Falk here to distract. Hey, here's a Hall of Fame guy. Listen to him. He he knows that I do the right thing. Let's <laughs> let him come in and insert himself into all this, and it could be a last-ditch Hail Mary effort to keep Zeke from firing him. But I look at this, and I think, man, now that Falk has done this damage as the unofficial mouthpiece of, of Zeke, the best thing that Zeke can do is fire Rocky Arsenault because if he fires Arsenault now and gets a new agent, He's basically saying, hey, guys, I didn't like the way this was going. I didn't like the way people were perceiving Marshall Falk to be speaking for me. 
and I don't feel that way. In fact, I'm so irritated and uh, shocked and disgusted and appalled that I have no choice but to fire them immediately because that doesn't represent how I feel. Okay, that, that's, a, that's a great point, Ben. And then that whole thing, if Art Snow thought there was a fire, he shouldn't have called a guy walking in with a gas can to put the fire out. But KT said this, and there's other people that you can talk to that believe this, that Zeke did have that flight booked, and the reason he didn't get on it is because of the perception yes. that he was giving in. So if you're that concerned about perception, what do you think he's going to be thinking about all this? I mean, this, then, is, a, this is a volatile situation it, for him because right now, if you just look at Cowboy fans, they look at Jalen Smith. I mean, I'm, I can open up the Autoflex leasing fan text and read all these trade Zeke text messages that are coming in. Now, they're all, fans are going to forget that once you're handing the ball to Zeke and he's going for six yards of pop or whatever. But the whole point is, Jalen Smith has looked like as the patron saint of Dallas Cowboys football, and Zeke is the guy on the island away from his teammates, trashing, having his people trash teammates that are also in contract negotiations. And the flavor of the month is Tony Pollard. People are very, Cowboy fans are very excited about him. Cupcake schedule for the Cowboys the first three weeks of the season. And the reports are that Arsenault wants Zeke to be the highest paid running back of all time in every metric. And if it's signing bonus, guaranteed money, average annual value, first three years money, you know, it's like every single financial metric, they're trying to break the record. And that's just a, I mean, that's just a tough road to go down. I mean, I get it. I, I understand why, you know, Zeke is valuable. And I'm not changing my tune on that at all. I, I would go ahead and pay him. I'd make him the highest-paid running back because you got a chance to win a Super Bowl this year. I'd be sweating bullets about it because I don't know if he can stay out of trouble. But I would go ahead and do it because I think he's that important. The last thing that Zeke needs is to, for, to find out that he's not that important. Le'Veon Bell had to sit there and watch the Steelers play and not miss a beat with him gone. Right. And he did not recoup that money, by the way. I, I'm my my gut feeling is that Zeke's probably texted Dak and Jalen and whoever else he needed to text. That's my gut feeling, but you know he could just have his head in the sand. Okay, so so KT literally no no K, KT play out your your Dak or your Jalen and you get that text from Marshall Falk. Hey man, I mean, that's Zeke. Yeah, you're, no no your your Dak or your Jalen. Okay, and Zeke texts and says, "Hey man, Marshall Falk doesn't speak for me. What's your response?" Hey, bro, we're getting ready for the game. I, don't know. I would say, well, then shut his ass up. Yeah, I'd be like, then I want you to go on Twitter and distance from his ass because he's getting in my money. Are you okay with that? Why are you in my money right now? He's your boy. Get a leash on him. I'm in a contract negotiation, and your boy's on a platform trashing me. Man, that you need does to sound, get a leash on him. That actually does sound how normal people might handle that. NFL players probably wouldn't even have that conversation. I so. bet I, if I was I bet Dak, I bet, Dak may not even respond to that text. Yeah, Dak you, may be like, and I F bet you. And honestly, you're right. Zeke didn't send that text. We know Zeke. We've known Zeke. I, I mean, I'm not, not personally. I'm talking about just the way Zeke goes, the way Zeke thinks everything's going to be fine. Zeke's entitled nature that goes all the way back to likely his childhood. And I'm not, I'm not being personal here. I'm just no, yeah, saying, like, yeah. it's a known thing. He got know? out of a lot of stuff at Ohio State. There's, Absolutely there's, there's, did. It's all on record. You can go read it. Just Google any of the articles. They're out there. But I would say this, and ben, Ben's hinting at this idea of distancing from Arsenault and maybe he's feeling, you know, the pressure that he's about to lose his client. I firmly believe this, that Zeke's personality is such that the minute – that the Cowboys are winning and he's not here, it is going to eat 
him alive. He will be inside his head playing games. I think there's a reason, you know, he immediately went on Twitter and took ownership of a guy's touchdown that was playing in a game when he wasn't here. That's, that's, put, that's making him a part of that. Yeah. That is making himself a part of that. Well, the best way to be a part of it is to actually be here. But this is, this is these things we didn't, we didn't think is going to get this ugly. I think it's really ugly. And I think the Cowboys are just sitting there going, oh, we'll just let this play out. <laughs> I mean, dude, Pro Football Focus or Pro Football Talk went and wrote that article taking Jerry's comments and breaking down how the money works to fit in directly to what Jerry was saying on Sean and RJ yesterday. It's a really ugly situation. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.